Hi, I'm Cinco Paul. And I'm Ken Dario. And we're the next guests on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 117 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this week on On Screen and Beyond, our guests are the writers of the movie Despicable Me, which comes out in theaters on July 9th. It's Ken Dorio and Cinco Paul. They're going to be joining us, and uh, they're going to talk about their movie, of course, Despicable Me, and they're going to talk how about how they wrote it and all that, and they're going to talk about other movies that they've got coming up and movies they've done. They've got a lot of stuff coming your way, and uh, it's very interesting to find out the how things develop when they're writing a film and things like that. So it's coming up right here on On Screen and Beyond in just a few minutes. want to remind you, too, to check out us on Facebook and on MySpace. Become a friend and uh, whatever on uh, either one of those uh, sites, and you, know, you get a little inside information. We'll let you know when things are happening, keep you up to date, and all that. And uh, So check us out at Facebook or MySpace. All you got to do is go to On Screen and Beyond and go down to the bottom of the page, the home page, and click right there. We've got links to both of those. And uh, let's see here. We are still working on the development of the the uh, site. Uh, we are sort of revamping things and uh, moving it over and changing things and everything. And it's going slow. We've got a few more pages that we have to work on and get all fixed up for you. But uh, we hope that it'll make it a little bit easier. The biggest ones are, the, uh, of course, the interviews, because we have so many of them with the great, uh, great guests. So check those out. Um, but uh, we're going to break it down now, because as we, the years move along, and of course, as uh, we grow more and more interviews for you and try to keep them up there for you, um, you can listen to all of them. And, uh, but uh, we're going to sort of break it up. So when you go to the reruns page, you can turn around and select the season or the years that we um, had those interviews. And uh, you click on that, and you'll see the rundown of all the people that we've interviewed that year, that season. And it'll make it a little bit easier instead of running through now over 117 different episodes. So uh, it'll break it down into blocks. So it'll make it a little bit easier for you, a little less, uh, you know, checking things out. And uh, then if you want to go to the next one, you can pop over to that one and uh, that year or season and uh, check it out. So uh, hopefully it'll make things a little bit easier for you. And uh, let's see, like I said, before we check out Cinco and Ken to talk about Despicable Me, um... Why don't we run over and check out what's going on as far as Remake Madness? Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Well, as far as Remake Madness, we've talked about this one before. We're just going to sort of update things for you. 1987's The Monster Squad is moving ahead. And, of course, it follows a group of kids trying to stop the world's most famous monsters, including Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, The Mummy... The Creature from the Black Lagoon, all of those are in this film. And, uh, of course, it's a remake, and they're trying to take over the world. So uh, that, that's a, a, a fun kind of kid's movie to, 
to check out. And they're going to be remaking that one. And the book uh, Cloud Atlas is headed for the big screen. It currently has a director on board, and it's approaching top actors for the roles. And it, uh, it sounds like an interesting story, so you might want to check that out. And 1980s TV show The Equalizer is headed for the big screen, and rumors have it that Russell Crowe may be playing the lead on that. So keep uh, keep an eye on that one. We'll keep you updated as soon as we hear more. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming and rumored movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, upcoming and rumored movies, it looks like word is out that Sam Worthington is in talks to star with Chris Pine and Reese Witherspoon in a comedy called This Means War, and it's about two spy friends who fall in love with the same woman. And a disaster film in the works called Gravity is about uh, the Earth as it stops spinning and it goes into a state of zero gravity. And a father hunts for his lost child in a world where everything floats. So there's another movie out, too, that they're, uh, somebody's working on, and it's called Gravity. So, you know, don't get those confused, but uh, we'll keep you updated as soon as we hear more. And let's see, Bradley Cooper and Kate Winslet will star in Which Brings Me to You, and it's an, listed as an action romance film set for release later this year. That's about it for upcoming and rumored movies. And, of course, uh, in all the things we talk about, remember... Dates can change. Uh, they can also, you know, just wipe out and not do the movies. So, uh, you know, we'll keep you updated as things come your way. But uh, that's always something to remember, that times, dates, everything else can change. So coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Sequel City. Find out what's coming your way as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, we knew it had to happen. Sony is now working on a sequel to The Karate Kid, which, of course, was a remake. And they are currently working on a script, they tell us. And let's see, a sequel to Ghost Rider. It seems to be popping up every now and then, and, you know, we keep telling you about it. And Well, it looks like it's popped up again. Nicolas Cage is in talks, they say, to star in it. And uh, the directors are being looked at uh, for it. And David S. Goyer, who wrote The Dark Knight, is on board to write it. So that sort of changes things. That that might put a whole new spin on this uh, this one. So, uh, let's see. Will Smith is set and Tommy Lee Jones is in talk to reprise his role in Men in Black 3, the long-talked-about sequel in the Men in Black series. And word is, big surprise... It's going to be in 3D. So, all right, that's about it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV coming out on DVD right here on On Screen and Beyond. TV on DVD, September 21st. Two and a Half Men Season 7 arrives in stores in a three-disc set, and it looks like Season 2 of The Mentalist will also arrive on September 21st in a five-disc set. And on September 7th, Less Than Perfect Season 1 is on the way. And it will include all 22 episodes of that show. And that's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at movies coming your way on DVD. Right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. 
FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Movies coming out on DVD. Well, August 3rd, you can look for Diary of a Wimpy Kid to make its way on the DVD and Blu-ray combo pack, and also just out on DVD also. And it looks like August 10th, Steve Carell and Tina Fey are going to arrive on DVD for Date Night. And Fireball comes to DVD on June 22nd in a sci-fi feature where an ex-football player, okay, big star, now a convict has the power to create fireballs with his hands, and he sets out to destroy everyone. Check that one out. And that's about it for movies coming out on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we are talking with, the. It, it, they just got to be the hottest writing team in Hollywood right now. It's Cinco Paul and Ken Dario. They're going to be joining us. They are the, the creative minds, the people who came up with despicable me they wrote the story and uh they've got a whole bunch of other things coming our way in the next uh you know this year and in the next couple of years and they've written some great stuff in the past and they're going to talk about all of that stuff how they combine all this stuff how they work together and how it all comes to be and it's only right here on on screen and beyond Joining us today in On Screen and Beyond is one of the hottest screenwriting teams in Hollywood today. Their films include The Santa Claus 2, Horton Hears a Who, College Road Trip, and upcoming releases Despicable Me on July 9th, Dinner for Smucks coming out this year, IHOP in 2011, and The Lorax in 2012. It's the writing team of Cinco Paul and Ken Dorio. Ken and Cinco, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you, Thank Brian. You. Glad to be here. Now, you guys are incredibly busy. <laughs> What's the secret? <laughs> I didn't realize how busy we were until you read the list of stuff. Or just, it doesn't seem like that much, but yeah. It is pretty crazy right now. It's just, you know, it's, it's nice that we found a, a niche here in these animated family comedies. Mm -hmm. they're, they're making a lot of them these days. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, with the animation, I mean, before, like you say, Santa, uh, like I was saying, Santa Claus 2, that was, you know, one of your first ones. Um, but uh, Horton Hears Who comes out, and, you know, now your Despicable Me is coming out. Uh, are we going to start seeing more? I mean, of course, the, the Lorax 2. But um, uh, are we going to start seeing you guys head more toward the uh, animation route? I think so. I think, you know... We love doing it, and we, you know, these movies are so much fun. They're a lot of work because you know you keep writing on them for uh, about three years. But uh, I think we'll continue to do it, and we'll, you know, do some live action too as well. Which you know, Dinner for Schmucks is a very different type of movie. Mm -hmm. But I think we'll do a mix. But I think that you know that Hollywood loves a sure thing, and more and more these animated films are turning out to be 
big successes. You know, you look at the end of the year, and usually three or four of the top ten movies of the year are CG animated movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, it's like Cinco said, it takes so long that, you know, these the three movies that you mentioned, our three animated movies, are going to keep us busy for a decade, really. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a commitment, but it's, it's a lot of fun, and it's really worth it when you see, you know, these kind of timeless movies that, that, that are produced at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, now, how did you come up with Despicable Me? Well, this, it's actually based on a story proposal by an animator from Spain named Sergio Pablos. Mm-hmm. And so he came up with sort of the basic idea of a villain, you know, doing a, a story about a villain who has to adopt three little girls in order to pull off his latest and, heist and yeah, crime. And it deals, you know, kind of the idea of how difficult it is, you know, being a supervillain and a dad. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. We think when I know. Yes, it's we know easy. full well from experience. We're both dads, and, and that's what we loved about it right off the, the bat, is just to do a movie which has all this geeky fun with weapons and supervillains and all those sort of gadgety things, but also has a nice heart about we all have to sort of put our villain aside in order to become dads. Yeah, and it gives us, gives us an opportunity to sort of you know, express our daily frustrations and joys of being fathers in, in the movie. So it's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's some, there's something in it for the dads, too. Now, Steve Carell is going to be, uh, uh, is it Gru? Yes, he's grew. And um, he's also in Dinner for Schmucks. Uh, is that a coincidence, or is that something you guys do he's work with? He's also in Horton Hears a Who. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there a pattern here? I know. I think he just loves our writing, clearly. You know, the, the, the connection, of course, between Horton and Despicable Me is, you know, Chris Melodondry, who ran uh, Fox Animation, now formed Illumination, and did Despicable Me, so he brought Steve Carell on there, but Steve Carell doing Dinner for Schmucks was just a nice coincidence, yeah. but, hmm. but clearly we're his go-to guys from yeah. now on, I think. We love working with him. He's a great guy, incredibly funny. You know, you yeah. can't go wrong with Steve Carell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and now, Horton hears The Who, uh, Dr. Seuss, of course, and now The Lorax with Dr. Seuss. Um, is it intimidating to, you know... Rather than taking something that nobody's ever seen and everything you know before and come up with it in your mind, is it difficult to take something that you know somebody like Dr. Seuss has created and make it into a, a film? Yes. <laughs> yeah. no, you, it, feel the, you feel the the pressure because these books are so beloved, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. by hundreds of thousands of people, and and they have this memory in their head of what it was like from their childhood and so you don't want to mess with that and that's the frustrating thing is it's impossible you know no matter in a lot of ways no matter what we kind of come up with it, we're obligated to make this you know a bigger story than exists in the book because we're trying to make a, a, a feature film but it's it's really hard to compete with everyone's sort of childhood memories right. as to what they remember you know this book at, uh, as being for them and, and it's our job to kind of come up with something that everybody likes the people who've never read the book and people who love the book mm-hmm. you know my my uh Cinco and i are really close to dr susan that my absolute favorite childhood book was horton here's the who before we got the job or anything Cinco knew this about me and so when we got that job it was it was you know it was great because dream come true. it was a dream come true and, and i was that guy who didn't want to mess up you know that that book from my childhood and so that was kind of 
a, a real motivation for us working on it was like let's protect it and let's keep it as close as we can to Dr. Seuss in the spirit of what he wanted to do, but we, we also need to expand it and have fun. And Finkel's favorite childhood book was The Lorax. And so now here we are diving into that world, and I think we have the same objective, which is like let's protect what, what Dr. Seuss created and, and, and see if we can explore it and have some fun with it. Well, it's nice that they you know, actually end up with somebody who, who has a respect for the film, uh, for the, the story, rather, um, you know, that's going to write it as opposed to just somebody, you know, you know, so, let's face it, some movies, they bring people in to do books and they don't end up anywhere near <laughs> what the book was. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, you know, and we had a great experience on Horton Here's a Who. There was, a, there was actually a lot of pressure on that movie because Cat in the Hat was kind of universally loathed mm-hmm. by, <laughs> by people and also by Audrey Geisel, uh, Dr. Seuss's widow. And she wanted to make sure that Horton Hears a Who, you know, was true to Seuss and, and brought people back. And we had a great moment when she first saw the movie. And at the end of it, she stood up and she just had tears actually rolling down her cheeks. Wow. She was so happy with it. And she said, I think they're, I think they're going to hear us this time. And so she was really happy. And because of that, I think that helped us, you know, get the, the job on the Lorax and, and uh I think we we feel we're going to do a good job. <laughs> now, are you? In, so we, we feel like we confident we know how to to make Seuss work. On yeah. The well, that's good. Now, now, are you guys involved with rewrites all through the film, or do you basically write it and then you step back and somebody else takes over, or how does that work? No, I like Despicable Me. You know, we were writing up to the very last. You know, we were on it the whole time, and I mean, it is a nonstop ongoing process for many, many years. You know, because it's animation, they can change things very late in the process. And right. So, yeah, it's every day, every other day, a couple times a week, we're, you know, we're just rewriting scenes and going in and watching, you know, watching the edits and seeing how things are working. We go back and rework a scene. And so it is a very long, ongoing process. But you, you, so grateful to be involved all the way through like that. That's, that's absolutely how you want to be. It's painful to, to turn over your script and know that people are doing things with it that you know you may or may not approve of or, <laughs> or want done. Or so it's it's great to be able to to work on it all the way through. Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean I I spoke with um, uh, the writer of um, the Rain Man. Oh yeah. And uh, Barry Barry Morrow and uh, he he had said that they had changed things throughout. And it's, it, he sort of cringed once in a while. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it's a weird thing as a screenwriter. You know, you go and you sit in the theater, and, and quite often you'll turn your script in at some point, and that's the last you hear of it until you go watch the movie. Yeah. And so you'll go sit in the theater, and things will pop up that you never would have put in the movie, and then, you know, but it's your name attached, and so you get credit, good or bad. Right. And it, it is kind of a weird thing when when your name is attached to something that you maybe would never <laughs> yeah. now without getting any to any specifics have you guys ever had the uh, the it happened that you were sitting there watching a movie and you said oh what did they do sure i'm yeah. not afraid to get specific <laughs> a little movie called college road trip <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> very different from uh what we turned in really but yeah you know and that's and that was an interesting situation because that they were shooting that during the writer's strike 
Oh. Okay. So we were specifically not involved at all in a lot of that writing, and I don't think there were real writers involved. You know, <laughs> I think it was studio execs and the, the director maybe uh, making changes. But they, you know, it is it does come with a territory because there's stuff in Santa Claus too that maybe we were not in love with, or mm -hmm. stuff in Bubble Boy. That's the first movie that we we wrote together. But but the good side is when Steve Carell comes up with a brilliant, funny line that kills. It's our name's attached, so we're right. for that. So that, yeah. it works both ways. What do you mean he comes up with lines, Ken? What I are mean, you saying? You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but it is the, the most, like Ken said, the most satisfying thing is to, to be there from start to finish. I'll, it's a lot of work, but it's the most satisfying. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Now, when you when you get to watch a film at the end after it's been made and everything, uh, do you like to go in and be there with the crowd to see their reaction, or do you just want to say, no, no, I don't want to go see anything? Well, well, it depends on the crowd's reaction. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's nothing better than than sitting in a crowded theater and hearing people laugh when you wanted them to laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's a great feeling. Yeah, that's it's been great as we've been. You know, done some of these preview screenings for Despicable Me, and just to hear the laughs and the rolling laughs, and then to actually see some people, you know, their eyes welling up with tears mm -hmm. at certain parts, and that's yeah. kind of what it's all about, actually. Is that that getting there to be be there for that crowd response? So I don't know why a screenwriter wouldn't want that. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you, when you're writing like that, uh, before they start the film or anything, do you try to go at the, you know, to, for the the tugging at the heartstrings and things like that, or you, do you just basically let it flow and, and come out with what you come out with, and then, you know, we, you know, we like write comedy, and that's that's our thing. But we like our comedies to be a, about something, you know. And I think that's what attracted us to Despicable Me was it's about this this battle that all of us have as parents between career and family and and trying to make that work and. And so I think we're attracted to projects that have heart in them. So it's definitely a goal. You kind of you do want to make people laugh and yeah. make them cry. Mm -hmm. Now yeah, those are usually the most satisfying movies. You know, if you you go and you sure it's great to go and laugh for ninety minutes at a movie, but boy, if you can get a range of emotion, if you can get the laugh and the cry, that's for me. That's those are the best. Those yeah. are the best movies. Yeah. Now with three um, D, of course, you know everything's three D now. Um, and Despicable Me and The Lorax will both be in 3D. Uh, do you tend to write differently, you know, for those? You know, like, do you, are you going to write something in that, you know, where he throws something out at the screen or anything like that? Or Yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky because you don't want to just be gratuitous in just creating things just to have things pop out at the screen. But having said that, it does allow you to think kind of outside the box, when you're, especially when you're thinking about action scenes. You know, you can think about a chase not just going from side to side across the screen but it can come out over the audience or you know and you can play with with the dimensions like that so it does get you thinking kind of in a different way and it kind of 
it, it, it gives you more to work with when you're, specifically when you're writing action scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you want to take advantage of it. There's kind of a mandate, you know, use the three. 3D, but as Ken said, you want to use it in an organic way, in a way that pluses the movie, doesn't take you out of the movie. Yeah. But, but Especially if you're watching it not in 3D. You don't right. want those moments where it's clearly, oh, that was meant for 3D, but we get the 2D version. You know, you don't want to yeah. do that. So it is. It's, it, you want to make it as organic as possible, but, but it, it makes you think in different ways. How can we take advantage of this big you know, piece of air over the audience's head? Because yeah. now we can use that. So are you actually working on Lorax right now, uh, or is yes, that... Yes, we are, actually. It's open up right in front of me on my computer screen, <laughs> believe it or not, yes. So is it, is the basic uh, film done as far as what you've written, or do you still have a lot more to go? Or... Oh, we, yeah, we don't, they haven't even begun animation yet. Uh -huh. So now we're sort of in the script process and the storyboarding process and all that Set sort of stuff. And yeah. all that kind of pre-production. Yeah. Hmm. Which is very fun. Very fun. Now, when you, when you guys started uh, getting... Well, first off, how did you get into uh, screenwriting? Well, I... This is Cinco. I went to USC for... Mm -hmm. uh, they had a master's program in screenwriting. And so they filled me up with screenwriting knowledge and then sent me out into the world. And because of the USC connection, I was able to get an agent. And then my first script I wrote after that sold. So I sort of had a charmed beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I was working for a while and selling a bunch of scripts, but nothing was getting made. And then I met Ken. <laughs> and what were you doing, Ken? I was directing uh, <laughs> music videos at the time. Um, I, I had been directing music videos for about 10 years. And from the, you know, from the age of about nine years old, I always knew I wanted to make movies. And sort of I thought music video making would kind of be my, my foot in the door, and, and I, I made over 100 music videos, and it, that was sort of my film school. Mm -hmm. And then at some point I realized I'd better actually team up with someone who's actually been to film school. And that's <laughs> when I met Cinco. And, uh, and no, the two of us, we, we actually met as friends, totally outside of the business at first, and we were both kind of, you know, I was kind of in the industry, and Cinco was getting his career started, and we both had just really similar sense of humor and, and really got along, and just one day Cinco said, well, we should write something together, and, and we did. Hmm. And the rest is history. Yeah, that was <laughs> and many years ago. Now. Yeah. Were there any um, you know, people who inspired you as far as uh, animation, or, or not just animation, but screenwriting animation, or for regular movies that uh, you know, sort of inspired you? Well, I've, I think the reason I got into movies in the first place was probably because of the Marx Brothers. Oh. So for me, it's like the Marx Brothers and then Woody Allen and Monty Python. And I just loved movie comedy. And so that's definitely and what for, got me going. Yeah, for me, it was different. I was like, I was all about Raiders of the Lost Ark and Star Wars and E.T. <laughs> and, you know, in the 80s, all those movies yeah. were just, that was my escape. That was my life. I just lived in the theater. And, and, uh, and that was really what got me, I realized that's what I want to do. Well, I think we were both always huge fans of animation, too, so it's, it's very cool to me, because I, you know, Pinocchio and Jungle Book, you know, right. one of my favorite movies of all time, and so it's really cool that now we're sort of part of that yeah. legacy, too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and that leads us up into, uh, as we finish up, I, I just always like to ask, what are your, what is or are your all-time favorite TV shows? 
That is a great question. You want to I, answer this first? Well, I, I'll go first. I am a huge... Uh, mine starts back with the Honeymooners. Ah, yeah. Gleason. Love the Honeymooners. Then I skip up to the Brady Bunch. Uh-huh. That was like a staple. As a kid, right? It's like the worst TV show ever, but it's like that was just... That's part of... That's like my childhood family. Yeah. <laughs> then we go up to... For me, I would say, you know, I, I really enjoyed, you know, like the Seinfeld. I thought that was a great... Simpsons, those, that was great. And right now I'm just, just on pins and needles to see how Lost ends. Yeah, everybody <laughs> I have is. To know. <laughs> um, I would say, for me, it all began with the Dick Van Dyke show. Okay, yeah. Love Dick Van Dyke show, love Faulty Towers, and then Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, it was such a perfect show, and that was such my childhood. So. Now, what about movies? Alter, you, you mentioned Pinocchio and everything, but what what, uh, what would be your all-time favorite movies, each of you? Mm. Well, see, because of the Marsh Brothers. <laughs> right. I mean, for me, Duck Soup is the greatest movie of all time. Mm-hmm. But I would also, you know, I do love, I love Singing in the Rain, It's a Wonderful Life, Groundhog Day, Annie Hall. There, that's my list. Good. I gotta yeah. go back to, I gotta go back to, it might just be Raiders of the Lost Ark. That is, Pretty great, and Star Wars, Star Come Wars, on, Jaws. Uh, I would also have to say Psycho. Psycho, yeah. Psycho is a good one. It's a good one. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned um, Groundhog's Day. I, I've had many people mention that one. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's it's funny that uh, you know for a long time I haven't heard anybody mention it, and then all of a sudden I've had three people in the last you know a couple of months here that's mentioned. Oh, really? That one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that movie is underrated. I think that is one of the all-time great comedies. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Now, I also noticed, uh, I just got one last question here, that, uh, and I was just gonna th- not going to throw this one in, but I guess I will. Um, I noticed on each of your resumes that you've each done a little bit of acting. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Ken, I believe I you were... Basically, in a couple of the films that you actually wrote, correct? Yeah, those were sort of way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I look, Cinco and I are both, you know, we want to be performers. That's, you know, we, get, we perform for each other as we write. You know, we sort of act out our scenes. And, and I think it's kind, of, it's kind of in both of us that, you know, it's, it's, it'd be fun to, to be out there in front of the camera. I actually have a little bit of a voice. Uh, a little voice in uh, Despicable Me. Oh, yeah. Very, very small. Yeah. No, but it's... it's, it's but, boy, it's powerful. It's, <laughs> it is powerful. It's powerful. <laughs> Not really. Well, I think it's nice, though, when the screenwriter gets a chance to have, you know, a little part in, in the movies. Yes. Yeah. It rarely happens. And, and Cinco, uh, you, uh, you were in Dude, Where's My Car? Yes, I was. <laughs> and he was brilliant. <laughs> you were the camp I got counselor. Hit repeatedly in the groin. That was, that was my part. <laughs> now, did you write that? <laughs> I did not write that. I think I ad libbed the line. But we've been we've been doing another project for one of the producers of that movie, and they were having trouble casting this camp counselor guy. So they, he said, "Why don't you Why don't you go in, Cinco?" So I did it, and. Uh, yeah, I haven't really gotten any other calls about <laughs> acting since then. I don't know what's wrong, but I, 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 I'm hopeful <laughs> something will turn up. Well, Cinco and Ken, um, 
I, I want to thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. No, we appreciate yeah. you having us. Thank yeah. you. And, uh, you know, I wish you luck with Despicable Me. comes out on July 9th, correct? Yes. And then, of course, uh, Dinner with the, uh, dinner for Schmucks. I keep saying Dinner with the Schmucks. Yeah, Dinner for Schmucks. <laughs> I think that's July 23rd. Oh, it's July 23rd. Okay, I wasn't sure of the date on that one. Yeah. And then you got IHOP and the Lorax. So, geez, it, it's going to be great. I hope you guys keep running more. We, we hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. All, All right, right. Thanks, thanks a lot, Brian. Well, Ken and Cinco, what a great bunch of guys. Uh, I had a good time talking with them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'd really love to be sitting in, you know, fly on the wall when these two guys are working on a script. I think it would be one crazy time. You know, I wish they could film it, you know, so we we could all enjoy watching what goes on. I, I think it's it's probably pretty wild. Anyways, uh, we want to thank them very much, Ken and Cinco, for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, we'll be all be looking for um, Despicable Me coming out on July 9th. And then uh, the other movies they have coming out and check out their their past movies too because a lot of good ones there and i also want to thank all of you for listening and i hope that you enjoy listening each week and i hope that you uh, are enjoying the lineup that we have and find it as interesting as i do to listen to what these people have to say and next week we step once again back into the world of classic 60s tv shows hope you're going to join us then and until then this is brian zemrak Take care.